Welcome to the People and Technology Podcast. My name's David Gazzarotto and we're coming at you live from HR Tech Fest here in Sydney. And I'm joined by my partner in crime, Scott Wilson. How are you, Scott? Wonderful. Thank you, David. Excellent. Great to have you here, mate. Thank you. And uh, very, uh, very delighted to have our first guest for the podcast marathon, all the way from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Is that right? That's right. This is Robin Schooling, the VP of Human Resources at Hollywood Casino in Baton Rouge. Welcome, Robin. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. David, good to be here. Great. Great to have you. So uh, just tell us a little bit about your organization now that uh, we uh, have made that introduction. Well, I, uh, I work for a casino. It actually is a riverboat casino. So our gaming floor is, um, is on an actual riverboat. We don't sail anymore, although right. the boat did used to sail. Um, but it's, uh, you know, three floors of, of nonstop fun. Slot machines, table games. We have food outlets. So uh, hiring a lot of, you know, dealers and slot attendants, but security staff, beverage servers, bartenders housekeeping because as you can imagine it gets a little dirty yeah absolutely big um big gamblers here in australia unfortunately we uh we have quite a a big culture of um, the betting and the casinos here um but the the hr issues are are quite um wide and and vast in the world of um, casinos i imagine um yes and no Mm -hmm. um for technology Mm. um or just in general. In general? Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, what's interesting to me is, um, obviously, it's a very highly regulated industry. So um, taking care of um, all the money and yep. taking care of all the data that's behind the money and player player data and, you know, kind of the privacy of what people entrust us with. You know, so our, our, our systems to do that are fantastic. And... Um, Huge, huge, um, you know, planning and analysis departments um, because being able to project the revenue and yeah. what the, the stream of revenue is going to look like is is fascinating because we can get down to a, an individual machine and what we project that wow. revenue will be on that machine for a day and how many people are going to play it and what the hold is going to be and you know um, all of the things that overlay with helping a staff. Um, really drives off of that that revenue projection. Yeah. So there's a lot of you know sophisticated technology there. Um, one thing I have found though is within the HR side of the business, um, we're not as sophisticated. Right. right. We still operate somewhat somewhat old school. Mm. A little bit. Yeah. In what way? Um, it's uh, and 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 let me preface. That. There's, there's nothing wrong with old school, because by the I way. think you know larger gaming organizations. You look at a Harrah's or you know a Caesar's Entertainment, MGM, something like that. Yeah. Um, the large gaming organizations um, with higher volume of employees and that sort of thing, um, I think are a little a little more um, cutting edge, if you will, um, mm. from a technology standpoint. Um, I'm a I'm a small market. Uh, I'm in a small market where a locals casino. People are not charting trips to Baton Rouge just to come and, and play. Um, so we get a lot of local people. So we don't put a lot of resources into um, mm. talent attraction. We, we do it old school. We have walk-in mm. candidates. Now mm-hmm. they have to apply online, but we um, we get a lot of, of people that still um, believe that uh, the way to apply for a job and get a job is to walk in the door. 
Sure. And so it's it's a matter of getting them getting them ready to um, go through the online process that we spend a lot of our time with. We we do a lot of hand holding, quite frankly, which is okay because it keeps it it keeps that human touch in there, which I think is important. In Absolutely. HR. Um, so, Robin, we were we were lucky enough to catch the large majority of your first presentation, and you, you you've got a, had a fantastic career in HR so far. Uh, you spoke of a of a I guess a career crisis or a moment in your career where you you stepped away from an organisation, and then um, that opportunity well that gave you an opportunity to reassess what HR meant. And can you give us some insights into some of the things that you? I guess you saw during that period, and, and how do you see the HR or HR organisations now starting to change? Um, I think it's um, it's a matter of a new generation, a new breed of HR professionals that are entering HR. Um, that in itself is sort of changing the overall dynamic of of the profession. So, um, and this is going to be very stereotypical, but this is what I I have seen many times, is um, the older, more entrenched personnel ladies, for want of a better word, um, uh, have, have been leaving. You know, they've been retiring or they've been moving out of HR. And so it's opened up the, the opportunity for other folks to come in who have a different focus on what HR should be about. Um, and, and they're getting that um, at university more. So we're, so I think people that are purposely going to school to work in HR are coming out of school with a totally different perspective of what HR should be about. They see it as a business discipline. They see it as something um, that they can be involved in that's going to drive uh, change in the organization. They don't see it as just the um, I'm the nice lady with a, a box of Kleenex that's going to help you um, enroll in your benefits. They, they see it as a uh, truly a business discipline and they expect, they fully expect to be part of the conversation right from the get-go. Yeah. That is changing HR. It really helps us uh, to, to you know, resolve that identity crisis that HR has had for so long. Um, it's fantastic to hear. Still does, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I, when you were up on stage, uh, something that you in your part of your uh, your setup um, that resonated with me because it happens to me all the time. You, you said, you know, uh, when you explain what you when someone asks you what you do and you say you're in HR, you either get the eye rolls or the you know or you get the quizzical looks. Yeah. So it, let me pose the question. You know, how are you today? How are you answering that question? Really? Of, I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's still a lingering misconception about what HR is about. Mm, so, I mm. do, so I do get the eye rolls or, oh, you know, oh, boy, I hate HR. You know, people will literally say that. Um, I, and I think it, it also becomes part of that, that transition, that transformation of what HR is about. One of the things I always like to say is, um, you know, HR does not hire and fire. Um, that's kind of one of the perceptions. Oh, the HR person yeah. is there and does all the hiring and all the firing, and you know the HR person is the one who's who's determining if somebody needs to be on a performance improvement plan or that sort of thing. And and there are certainly HR uh, practitioners and HR functions 
especially in smaller organizations or if it's a business partner sort of model at a, where that HR person feels the need to insert themselves into every single transaction. Yeah. And I think that is part of what's given us a bad name um, because HR is there doing the bad things because that HR person insists upon being there. Um, I... I refuse, quite frankly, to um, to do that. And my particular organization, when I, I started there two years ago, and the HR model that had been in place was if somebody's going to be terminated, the manager would just send them to HR. Yep. And HR would take care of it. And the manager washed their hands yep. of, of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I immediately put a stop to that and said, no, I, I'm there to help you or guide you or support you or let's talk it through or role play or whatever whatever it may be. I'm there to have consistency across across the organization. Um, but no, I will not fire yeah. your your team member for you. No, if you're having a problem with somebody, you need to be the one to have that conversation. And so I, I had to come in and upend how HR had been done at that particular organization even. And that has helped I look back on the two years I've been there. That has really helped internally, I think, the perception of HR. Uh, And that's just within my organization. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, um, to me, and I say this to a lot of our clients as well, um, that we, I think if we are successful as an HR function, um, we will make ourselves, put ourselves out of a living. Yes, absolutely. great HR... The result of that is no HR. And I think that's that's kind of yes. where you're headed with that yes. line of thought. Yeah. Well, yeah. Robin, you, in your presentation, you, you spoke about the five key principles to being an awesome HR person. Can you walk us through some of those? Yeah. Um, it, and it really was, um, you know, as I talked about in my presentation, it really was a matter of some self-reflection and um, got to thinking about how... How do I approach the work of HR? How have I approached what I do, um, you know, from sort of this behavioral standpoint? And, and how does that make a difference for my organization? But also, how does that make me operate as a, as a good HR professional? And so, um, you know, the foundational principle is, um, is to, uh, you know, get the fundamentals right. And, and it's keeping the trains running on time. It's... You know, if we don't um, pay people correctly, if we don't uh, deliver what we promise as part of that that employment contract, uh, you know, we everything else goes out the window. So it's it's you know laying a foundation of that. Um, but then it's other things like um, realizing that when we work in HR, we need to we need to uh, broaden our eyes and we need to look across the landscape. Um, of not just our industry or knowing our business, you know, that's that's kind of a given. Um, but, you know, what else is going on in the world? What is what is happening um, in the, you know, greater world of work? How are organizations being set up? Uh, what do people expect when they come to work? And all the factors that go into that, um, the economy, pop culture, what's happening in politics, um, how is that impacting um, what we do. So, so being more knowledgeable, being curious about everything. Um, we also need to um, realize that that change can be a good thing, um, and we need to we need to take that and realize that that change becomes part of how we then treat our our end users, our employees, our managers, our applicants. Um, 
you know, one of the things that I think we do in HR, which is fascinating to me, if we you know kind of silo HR into different the different disciplines, um, and I've and I um, I've done a lot of in-house. I've been an in-house recruiting leader as well. So when I look at the silos of HR, mm. you know, recruiting is sort of my that was where I started. So that's kind of my love. Um, but I think it's fascinating when we look at the talent acquisition side how. From an innovation standpoint, from a technology standpoint, from a we're not afraid to try new things, the TA side of things leads. And it's kind of core HR that's still left behind. And and how do we, as a collective HR profession, get that that core part of, of HR up to speed as quickly and as... With the, the same kind of spirit that the TA side. Yeah, yeah. Um, so looking at, you know, I love coming to HR tech events because um, seeing what everybody's doing, you know, what the vendors are doing, what, what startups are out there, it still is always fascinating to me that the TA side leads. Yep. And, and, and the rest of HR is still kind of catching up. Catching up. And, you know, I, I mm. get some... Um, we see that with a lot of the innovation, don't we? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we. Um, I feel the same. Yeah, it's just like, come on, come on, the rest of you, yeah. let's go. Because uh, if you look at a lot of the investment that's going on in HR tech globally, you, you're right. It is talent acquisition that tends to get a lot of that. Part part of that is because a lot of the venture cap guys, PE firms, they see HR as recruiting. Like I think it ties back in, right. where because the perception of HR is probably narrower than those of us in, in HR think, then. A lot of, it plays out in a lot of ways. So, I don't know, you know, chicken egg sort of stuff, you can call it. Um, the, the problem with everything going to talent um, attraction, talent acquisition, is we're creating, it's a, in the age of experience, we're creating all these wonderful experiences now with all these fabulous new technologies and new innovations, but then people land in your organisation to a crap ecosystem of, you know, stuff to do their jobs... We have problems with that sort of cultural continuity bit yes. coming through. So uh, I know you're about to go on stage again um, or into another session to talk more about innovation. What are some of the innovations do you think um, we can start to use to bridge that gap between? Yeah, you know, and I, you know, and that's uh, I think that's so key. It is um, it becomes a disconnect um, kind of along that entire employee experience journey. Yeah, because we. Um, we recruit and we message to our candidates and our applicants in this really exciting way, and we're we're we're, we're preparing them for sometimes then this this culture as an employee that doesn't exist. And um, I think bridging that gap yeah. that gap is key. Um, it's easier to innovate on, on the recruiting side just because there are more more things happening. I think, but. Um, so what we're doing at, at my organization, um, a couple of things that we've kicked off here in the last really six months, um, is uh, the use of a, of a chat bot for re- yep. uh, for recruiting. Of course. Yep. But um, so we're using um, we're using this chat bot through SMS and Facebook Messenger, and um, engaging with uh, with candidates, and and hopefully the you know the call to action is that they come and they actually apply. Mm. Um, but it's allowing us to give that that human touch early in the process because I don't have the HR staff or manpower to handle handle that. Um, and then another piece of it's not 
necessarily particularly innovative for other organizations, but it's a big step for us, is uh, we're using a recruitment marketing platform and, um, again, uh, more messaging. And there's some really cool things with, with the product that we're using um, where I'm able to see heat maps of the career page. Mm. So I can tell where people are visiting and how much time they're spending. And it allows us to very quickly go in and adjust our messaging. Now, again, it's the kind of more that candidate and applicant experience. Um, internally, we are catching up with um, some things for our, for our employees. Um, now, my workforce is not, they're not sitting at a desk. So I have people do not have company email. So email is not a way to communicate. Um, they don't sit at a desk. They're standing behind a blackjack table or serving cocktails or whatever. So we are um, really within the last, again, about six months, um, using a text messaging platform um, to message our employees. Mm. Um, and we're finding, because we've done that with our candidates, but we're using it now with our employees. Yeah. And, and that's really driving a much better communication. That's kind of my key mm. thing that, I, that I'm continually working on is how do we communicate across three shifts, yeah. Um, all these, all these folks. Um, what's the best way to reach them? And so, mm. uh, again, other organizations are doing it. I, I don't have a lot of budget, so my ability to find something that I can work with that's easy yeah. um, has really been this, this particular platform that I'm using. Um, and I and it's and it's delivering that again uh, for some of the um, you know the unsexy parts of HR, but we just went through. Um, the, you know, in the states, we do healthcare uh, open enrollment, and everybody re-ups for their benefits. And so, we just completed that actually last uh, Wednesday. It closed, and the best way to communicate with people was using this text messaging platform. Yep, yep. And it was mind blowing for a lot of our mm. employees to finally get communication in a new way. Very yep. simple, simple sort of stuff. But that's you know, the, the employee of today, the demographics yeah. that would be your sorts of employees. They're, that's what they want to do. They want to get in there quickly. They want the simple communications. Yep. Yeah, like yep. very good. We haven't got much longer to go, but I just wanted to. You're, you're, um, is this your first time in Australia, or have you been out here yes. before? This wow, is my first time. Awesome. You got plans for off the back of I, this? Um, or? I do have plans. I um, I'm here till Friday, so yep. when the conference ends, I have uh, two days to play. Excellent. And um, I already, I've already been to the harbor. That was like my first stop yesterday, <laughs> um, shortly after I got here. But I, I've decided one day uh, while I'm here, I'm going to do city things yeah. and shopping and yep. wandering around and sitting, at, sitting at, uh, somewhere at the harbor. And uh, the other day, I'm going to do ferry and go out to Manly. Awesome. Beautiful. Sounds like a, a pretty great plan. Ticked all the boxes, all the important ones. Indeed. Very good. Well, that's pretty much all we've got time for on this episode. Uh, thank you, Robin Schooling. I really appreciate you taking some time out. And, uh, Scott, thanks for joining me again. Thanks, David. So uh, until next time, this has been the Talking People and Technology podcast, and uh, we'll see you again very soon. Thanks. <laughs>